you're listening to Birds, Bees, and Teas, a sexuality education and storytelling podcast hosted by yours truly, Miss Nia Angie Africana Sutton. Hey teasers, welcome back to another episode of your favorite and funniest sexuality education and storytelling podcast, Birds, Bees, and Teas. Happy holidays to you all. I'm so grateful for all of the love that you all have shown this podcast since we first launched. And in the spirit of the holidays, I want to bring you all a very special gift in the form of a story by the goddess herself, Miss Amber Nix Esters. Amber is a community educator and advocate for marginalized bodies. She aspires to create safe spaces for black queer folks to be seen and heard. Within the next two to five years, she plans to enter the mental health field to research and raise awareness on the mental health of black queer folks. In this story, she will provide insight into her journey with queerness. She's still very much a baby queer, her term, not mine, meaning that she's still new in her journey. It's been about three years for her, so she's learned very much about herself and what it means to show up in this world as a black queer woman. And we are so grateful that she is going to share this story of her journey on our podcast today. So Amber and I graduated from the same department at North Carolina Central University, the Department of Public Health Education. And I've always looked up to her, um, my professors, you know, when I was coming into the department, this was a leader in the department. This was someone whose name rung bells, um, you know, someone who they would tell us to get in contact with, um, you know, if we were trying to go on the right path of succeeding as a student in this department. So I'm just really grateful um, to have someone who I have always admired to be a part of something that is so special to me. And this story is so insightful, so funny, and so very important because many of the episodes and stories that you all have heard on this podcast have been very heteronormative or straight based on my own identities as a cisgender heterosexual woman and many of my guests, not all, but many of my guests also identify as heterosexual people. Um, Also, as a sexuality educator, I have the unique opportunities to teach other people about LGBTQ plus identities, but it's so important for me and all sex educators to not only uplift the voices from people within the LGBTQ plus communities, but to learn from people within these communities as well, because we don't know it all. We may not even know the half of it as much as, you know, we get up in front of large groups and like try to explain, um, LGBTQ plus identities to other people, we still have so much to learn ourselves. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity to lift Amber's story on this platform and to learn from her. So I hope that this story brings you all the laughter and joy and enlightenment that it has brought me. And here is Low Key Gay, A Journey of Queer Identity, a story by Amber Nix Esters. Hey, what's up? My name is Amber. Um, before I get started, I want to apologize in advance because 
my dog is here beside me and Sebastian, you never know what he, you never know what type of shit he about to be on. So I apologize in advance for my coworker and whatever noise he about to make today. Um, but yeah, my name is Amber. Um, she, her pronouns, she, her goddess of you nasty. And I am a black queer femme woman. Um, so I'm excited to have the opportunity to kind of share my story. Um, and I'm going to be speaking a little bit about my, uh, my journey within my queer identity. See, you see what I'm talking about? Here go my dog, Sebastian. Not right now. Go, go, girl, my God. And I also apologize because I do be liking the cuss. So I apologize in advance. If anybody's easily offended, a bitch is about to cuss. So my bad. <laughs> um, But <clears throat> where do I even start? Um, I am, like I said, black queer woman. I was raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. So... Um, most of my upbringing, um, was very Christian aligned, um, black Southern people. My mom's people are from North Carolina. My dad's people is from Virginia. So we all country as hell, um, Southern bell type shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that has shaped a lot of my earlier understanding of queer identity. You know, I wasn't exposed to it. I didn't know much about it because, you know, nobody around me was talking about it. And then, you know, when I got to high school, when you're starting to really learn and be excited to learn about sex education, none of that was inclusive of queer bodies or queer identifying folk. And unfortunately, most of my education was more so don't get pregnant, you know, and so... <laughs> If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I feel like I'm remembering this correctly. Charlotte Mecklenburg really focuses in on um, abstinence only. I think that will, is the sex ed curriculum or has been in previous years. So saying all that to say, I didn't have a whole bunch of understanding of what queer meant. When I was younger, I understood that queer wasn't a, a good word, but then they had queer for the straight guy and I was confused because my like, I thought queer wasn't a good word. So... You know, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know much. Um, but I did always have this understanding that I was different. You know, I knew that much because even in elementary school, um, you know, we're socialized to think that boys like girls, girls like boys, like that's just what it is. And we start that socialization early. So like elementary school. In elementary school, I had crushes on boys, but then I was like, oh, but I have similar feelings towards girls. This is interesting. And it was, you know, but you're a kid. So you, I didn't think much of it, obviously, as a child. I'm thinking of all the other things going on, like recess and toys and shit like that. Um, and then when I got to middle school, you know, those lingering attractions were still there. Um, I, I recognized that I was attracted to like football players, for example, but then I was equally as attracted to cheerleaders. And, you know, in middle school, you all hormonal, you getting to know your body and your body's changing and shit is weird and you fucking awkward as hell. It was just a mess. It was a musty ass mess. Um, and then I got to high school and one thing about high school, I went to two high schools. Um, so the first high school I attended, I... I had such strong urges and feelings and attraction towards women. I was just like, oh, God. So this isn't a phase. This is a thing. Like, I'm legit. Like, I had girl crushes. Um, <clears throat> and every time I think back to high school, um, especially now as an adult, I think about how I knew 
So many of the so many of the women that I know now, I'm like, I bitch, I knew you was gay back then, baby. Fam recognizes fam. Like I already knew your ass was gay back then. Um <laughs> so I always think about shit like that now as an adult, like as a for real, for real adult. Um, and I also want to say I'm still new within my queer journey. Um, I'm very sure of myself. I'm a lot more knowledgeable about things, but I'm still very much so new within my queer journey. Um, some would call me a baby queer and I'm fully accepting of that. Um, sometimes people use the term, uh, baby queer as far as like you're young, like your age, you're young and you're queer, or if you're new within your queer journey. So, um... It's very interesting to use that term to describe myself because, you know, I'll be 30 and, um, girl, I was about to say March, bitch, you don't know your own birthday, shit. I'll be 30 in June, so, you know, I'm good and grown, but I didn't quote unquote come out until I was 27. So I'm still relatively new within, um, this space of queer identity and, I continue to learn more about me and things that I'm interested in and what um what kind of alignment I like to have as far as my queerness. Um, so, you know, I gave you a little background as far as, you know, I was brought up in Charlotte, um, Christian aligned background. So being black and Christian in the South, it's hard kind of coming to grips with being different. I'm already the different one in my family because, you know, I wear this funky ass makeup. Like I got eyelashes out to Brazil. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got tattoos. I do all this funky shit with my hair. I got piercings. You know, I'm I'm just different. I'm different from my family. I've always felt different, um, but it never bothered me. Um, but when it came to, you know, really coming to grips with being queer, it's just like, God damn it. <laughs> shit, Amber, like, how dare you be even more different? Like, shit, do you need to be any more different? Like, this is enough. It's enough. So it was it was definitely hard coming to grips with being queer identifying and um, having the nerve to even come out. Because, again, like, I'm already different. I'm the different one in my family. And Sometimes that's liked. Sometimes, you know, I can sense it. It's frowned upon because I'm just so fucking different. So uh, when it came to really recognizing, well, bitch, you queer, you a little bit gay in these streets. I I had a long conversation with myself about what I wanted to do with this information. Um, and at 27, where I was in, in my, my life at that point, so many meaningful things were happening for me. I was in grad school. I was working full time. I was completely on my own. And I was in my first um, same gender loving relationship, which also so happened to be my first serious relationship. So that 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 was a monument moment for me, um, entering my first relationship with another woman. Um, being in that relationship really confirmed for me like, yeah, bitch, you gay. Like you gay gay and that's fine because it was it was scary because it was uncharted territory for me, but it also felt like home. It felt like nothing I've ever experienced with a man. It felt right. It felt genuine. I felt the most comfortable um, in the start of that relationship. So that's how I knew I, I felt more confident within my queer identity. At that moment, I was just like, yeah, you are indeed a little bit gay, bitch. Um, and at that time, you know, I had only known being with men. Um, so I still had an attraction. I was still physically attracted to men. 
Um, but then I got with my girlfriend and I was just like, well, you know, this solidifies that I'm definitely attracted to women. Um, and it's beyond sexual attraction. These are also romantic attraction um, towards, you know, women. So at that time, um, when I officially came out, I identified as bisexual um, because that is that the, that was the limitation to my language uh, as far as queer identity um again because i didn't have a lot of exposure you know black and south uh living in the south christian line background um abstinence only education my understanding of the full spectrum of queer identity was very limited um if i'm relying on mass media all i see are you know two gay men and i've only see gay men in this particular type of light. So, you know, catty, super flamboyant, extra, um, you know, feminine aligned. Uh, I see two women and one is like super quote unquote butch. And, you know, this is what, this is lesbianism. And then, you know, then there's bisexuals who like both or you're just straight. You know, those are my, those are my understandings of the, the full range of sexuality. Um, and it wasn't until I got closer to the end of my graduate program and started working at a new um, nonprofit um, location that I start to truly understand, oh shit, it's not just gay, lesbian, bisexual, and straight. Like, nigga, there's a whole bunch of shit you could be, you know? So at the time I came out as bisexual and the only person um, that I sat down and had a heart to heart about my queer identity was my mom. She's the only one I felt um, deserved that much from me. Like the only person I felt, you need to hear this from me. I don't want you to just see me out in this world with, um, you know, another feminine energy and you're confused. I want to explain where I'm at in my journey to you because, you know, she was my mom. So I felt I was obligated to do that much. Um, now that I'm almost 30 years old and I have a better understanding of um queerness and um just a better fuller awareness of myself I probably would have done things a little bit differently um I have a very love-hate when it comes to the whole coming out process I feel like it's stupid as fuck not even gonna be, you know, I ain't gonna hold you. I think it's stupid as fuck. I don't like the idea that I have to announce to the world, this is who I love. Just because it doesn't align with, you know, the social norm. I, I find it very um, offensive that people feel that they they have the right to know who I love or who I want to go to bed with. Because in the grand scheme of things, um, I am more than just my sexuality. Um, straight people don't have to announce that they're straight. Um, yeah, um, straight people don't have to go through this anxiety inducing, um, sometimes violent, um, ritual of coming out. And I don't care what your background is or what your, you know, your village looks like. It could be very stressful and quite traumatic to come out because you don't know what you're, you don't know how you're going to be perceived. You know what I mean? Like, I love my family. I've known them, obviously, all my life. But even then, coming out to my mom, I didn't know what to expect. Um, 
Fortunately for me, um, it wasn't a bad coming out. She reassured me that she will always love me and I'll always be her daughter. And at that time, you know, she she shared with me all the things that I needed her to share. That she still loves me, that she'll still, you know, be here for me, whatever, whatever. So um, I do appreciate having um, a better coming out than a lot of people um, that I've heard about having, you know, where you you no longer have relationships with close friends or family members. Um, you're ostracized, you're kicked out, you're met with physical violence, so on and so forth. I've heard so many stories, um, and it was it was stressful. It's anxiety inducing, um, and just the time after coming out is also quite traumatic and stressful as well. And I don't think I was prepared for that. So. After coming out to my mom, I sat her down at a restaurant. I was out in public. I was just like, hey, girl, um, I have a girlfriend. And she was like, you know, I put two and two together. I was just kind of waiting for you to let me know what was going on. Because um, my girlfriend at the time, my mom never heard me mention this person's name. She's like, this is somebody new that you're putting in rotation. I don't know this person. But you're, you know, anytime you're home, you're staying over there. And it's just, it just, I just put two and two together. So thank you for sharing it with me. But um it was it was more so the time after coming out um people kind of checking themselves and their discomfort with my existence um i don't think i was prepared for that i don't know how you could prepare for that because it was just a lot of adjustment that i guess i wasn't anticipating from others it's one thing that i had to adjust being in this new space of queerness but to witness other people having to adjust themselves around me, that shit was just weird to me. Because it's just like, I mean, I'm still Amber. I'm still the person that you know. Now you just know additional information about me. You know what I mean? So, um, I, it hasn't been widely discussed uh, around my family, obviously. And I, I doubt it. Oh. Sorry, my phone just went off. <laughs> Um, it, it wasn't widely discussed uh, amongst my family, and I don't think it ever will be, and that's fine. Um, next generation, I'm going to make sure it's a more, it's going to be, a, when I start having kids and, you know, my, my cousins have kids and my brother has kids and all that, the next generation, I'm going to see to it that I make it a more comfortable and safe environment for those who are queer identifying within our family to be comfortable being themselves. Um, but I digress, uh. It was it was the adjustment for certain friends that I wasn't ready for. Um, some of my homegirls, they still treat me the exact same. My closest friends already knew I was on some gay shit for a while. They was like, yeah, bitch, just, okay. And, you know, the sky is blue. So it was nothing new to, like, my closest friends. Um, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. My iPad keeps going off because my family won't shut the hell up. Um, I love y'all, though, but shut the hell up. Stop texting so goddamn much. Um... And then uh, some of my friends treated me the exact same. It was nothing new. It was nothing surprising. Then I had other friends, more so my guy friends, who had just become so blatantly disrespectful and ignorant. And I, I hate it because unfortunately for a lot of cisgender, heterosexual black men, they have this sense of entitlement where they feel as though you you have to explain all this shit to me because I want to know about it. And that's a no-go for me. I'm all for enlightening other people, but I'm not for you um, centering me in any type of fetish that you have towards my sexuality or um, I'm not here to fulfill some ignorant uh bullshit that you're trying to come at me with that's that's not my task in life 
Um, I'll educate somebody all day and all night. I'll enlighten you all day and all night, but you're not going to meet me with no goddamn disrespect. And unfortunately, I love a lot of my guy friends, but that's indeed what they were doing. Like asking me all these questions about how I have sex, who's the man in the relationship, things like that. It was just, ugh. It was such a musty time. It was such a musty time. And unfortunately, some of my guy friends still go about asking me stupid ass questions. Um, but now they know I'm going to come at you like you coming at me. I don't think a lot of my guy friends like to go back and forth with me because, you know, I come at it now with facts, with... Um, because this is also part of my master's. My master's is in women's and gender studies. And we focused a lot on queer identity. Um, and then I myself within that program focused a lot on, you know, black femme bodies. So if I'm coming at you now, you best believe I'm going to put some master's on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to put some master's education on this shit as I'm talking to you. And a lot of guy, my guy friends ain't trying to hear all that shit when I'm talking to them now. So they just kind of steer clear of those types of conversations. But I let it be known, like... You're not going to come at me as a black woman, as a black queer woman, asking me these questions that you would never ask, let's, let, let's say, your guy friend. You would never think to ask one of your guy friends these types of questions. So don't think just because I'm a woman and I'm you're going to sexualize me or fetishize me in my relationships, you know, take it upon yourself to educate yourself before you're asking these questions. And some of the questions that um, are assumptions that I'm still getting to this day that just blow my mind in 2020s. Asking who's the man in the relationship? How how are y'all going to have kids? How do you have sex? You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all aren't dumb. Y'all are not dumb. You're choosing. You woke up and you chose stupid today. And I'm not going to be there with you as you choose stupid. Before you come at me, make sure you Google. Make sure you read up on some text. And then if you actually have a question, a genuine question after doing your own education, then sure, I will meet you halfway and we can talk through some things. But I'm in a place within my queer journey where I don't address ignorance because you're not going to try to get reaction out of me. That's just not where I'm at. Um, I'm in a space now where I want to use my degrees, use my future degrees and um, make sure I'm doing something to assist other Black queer women. Because unfortunately, um, based on my intersectionality, and the actual term of intersectionality is crazy. Let me let me go to a side route real quick. It's crazy. In grad school, when we were really discussing intersectionality and really teasing out what that meant, I think a lot of people just thought that meant it's just my multiple, the multiple layers that make up my identity. And a lot of times, more so from my white peers, they were completely disregarding how it speaks to marginalized identities. Um, so... Girl, I'm not going to get into all that. But when I'm saying my intersectionality, my intersecting identities, they really discuss, you know, the depth of the discrimination that I can face, that I do face, um, and the things that I want to combat um, moving forward in my life. So I am Black, I am a woman, and I am queer. Those are three things that I love so much about myself. But unfortunately, within this particular society, those are the three identities that are working against me. So there's certain things that I'm facing that other people don't have to worry about. So like um, discrimination within um, my career, you know what I'm saying? I was going to take a, a job with uh, Teach for America and they were going to ship me out to Eastern Carolina. And I told them, I'm like, hey, uh, first of all, I'm black. I don't want to be out there. Two, I'm black and I'm gay. I definitely don't want to be out there. There's more um, 
the, it was it was just scary to think of so they're like oh, okay amber we're gonna move you from eastern carolina and we'll move you to memphis and while that was that was cute that was a good offering and i was really about to take it being black and in memphis that's that was you know appealing to me but then there's the whole idea of um you know the the lack of protection within my career you know what i'm saying i can be fired or discriminated against with no laws to to protect me and that's still something i think about constantly right now i um well let me back up my background as far as my career i've been a nonprofit for most of my time being out of undergrad i started out in a nonprofit i moved on to another nonprofit now i'm at um a whole entire different type of uh career setting i'm not going to disclose where i work golly i am so sorry i apologize for my um my family is just going in i don't know what they're talking about so let me just close this so i can't hear it um i I work in a, a completely different kind of setting right now i'm not going to disclose where i work but it is slightly conservative um so i don't hide the fact that i'm queer identifying but i surely don't go about um announcing it because it won't be well received um, by my my higher ups. It could indeed impact, you know, how I'm able to move up the ladder, um, and it's unfortunate. But I work in a in a slightly conservative um, environment now, and again, I I don't hide the fact that I'm queer identifying, and I do my best to continue to advocate for queer identifying folk. But it's definitely not something I feel the most comfortable or safest kind of, you know, openly announcing in that particular space. So it's quite unfortunate. And I hope as I move throughout my career that I'm able to do things that help others who are queer identifying Black specifically, um, where we can have the same types of, you know, rah rah as the straights you know what i'm saying like i would like to be able to talk to my higher well i don't because i'm not that social of a person or friendly of a person in my work environment but i was just i would like the option to happily discuss you know my life partner who happens to be non-binary or a woman or whatever something that doesn't align with um social norms I would like the opportunity to showcase my love without being discriminated against. I, those are the things that I, I want for um, for my life and for future generations. So um, I mentioned earlier that when I came out, I came out as bisexual because that was the only language that I, I understood. And now that I'm moving towards um, my 30th uh, year on this planet, I now identify as pansexual. And um, I think a lot of times uh, pansexuality is ignored because it's not really understood or it's not discussed that much. People don't really use that term that often. I admit that um, I never heard of the term. And when I finally did, I was just like, oh, what is that? What does that mean? And I did my own research on it. And I found that this is this aligns more with who I am and who I choose to love. So um when we talk about bisexuality, those are people who have attraction um, towards two genders. So gender on a very specific binary. So you have a man or a woman. So that's binary, right? Um, when it comes to pansexuality, for me specifically, pansexuality, me being pansexual, I have a attraction to people based on the energy and I don't really care so much about the vessel holding that energy, meaning gender means nothing to me when it comes to people that I love. Um, I'm completely open to 
being with a woman, being somebody who falls under the trans umbrella. Um, and I'm still somewhat open to dating cisgender men, but they just so damn musty. I hate them so much. They so raggedy half the goddamn time. But, you know, some of them is still cool. I would kick it with some of them. Um, I will say for me that I'm I'm more so attracted to women. Um, so I'm very much so homo um, romantic, <laughs> I guess. But um, I, I identify, I accept, I um, align with uh, pansexuality. So that is now how I um, identify myself out in this world. And as I continue to learn more about myself and about queer community and queer identity and just the language of it all, you know, I'm sure that might shift and change over time. But for right now, pansexual feels the most comfortable um, for me. And um, I have to admit, it's lit as fuck. It is. It really is. Being black and queer is lit as shit, bruh, because I'm a part of these two really amazing cultures if you will you know i'm aligned with blackness and being black is just the litest of all the lit shit like period point blank it is lit as fuck being black and then i also have this queer identity and black queers is a whole other that's a whole other type of fun right there especially on social media twitter to be exact y'all i let me tell you something I talk all day about lesbian Twitter and about black Twitter. Those are the two Twitters that I I, I engage with the most. Um, and of course, when I say lesbian Twitter, I'm speaking specifically to black queer Twitter. Um, it's, it's like, it's crazy. It's a really, it's a cute community. It's real cute. It's real funny. And I love it so much. It's really lit. Sebastian, please, like, give me five more minutes and then I'm all yours for real, for real. Relax. Relax yourself. I am so sorry, y'all. Because I'm hitting the stride right now. Sebastian's not with the shit. Um, but yeah, I love being black. I love being queer. But I do, I do recognize often how hard it is to navigate these identities in both... Shut up. Please be quiet. Navigating in both of these spaces. Because, you know, when you're... When you're navigating a black space, sometimes your queer identity isn't welcomed. So... I can't be out here gay as shit, let my free flag fly when I'm in total black spaces because like, you know, we're not welcomed all the time. And then in queer community, like when I go to Pride, I admit I don't I, I don't feel like I'm amongst family when I'm at like Pride events. Um, black Pride events, that's completely different. But just regular, like for example, during Pride, I did not feel like I was amongst family. Um, I'm a black queer and I don't quite fit in with the grander queer community with in Durham. I just don't. Um, that's a different type of queer and that's a whole other story for a whole other time. But saying all that to say, sometimes it gets really hard and very taxing to try to balance out, um, which identity I'm allowed to show up with today. Like, do I get to be black today? Do I get to be queer today? Do I get to be both today? And, um... I think over time, I will find that balance. I'll be more comfortable within having to find a balance, maybe. Or maybe I'll be so upset with the idea that I have to balance these two identities. Who knows? Uh, I'll do some shit about it. Who, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But um, yeah, girl, I'm out here gay as shit, whatever, whatever. So <laughs> it's quite lit over here. And one thing I want to also mention... Um, that I really want specifically for for 
black folk and I keep I keep specifying black folk because that's the lens that I'm familiar with I really want for black people to take it upon themselves to truly educate themselves on things they don't understand and being a queer person it, it is it's crazy how blatantly ignorant um black people can be towards those who they find different um, and that's where all the hateful comments, the, um, violent comments, the physical violence, that's where it all comes in because there's such ignorance around things that people just flat out don't understand. If you don't understand it, you hate it. And it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I saw one time on Twitter not too long ago, um, about how, um, black gays make the black community more divisive. And it's crazy to me um, that I saw that so many times, especially over the summer when there was um, um, a lot more media views on the social movements that were going on or continue to go on. It really saddened me to see so many black people um, speak so disrespectfully towards black queers when, you know, in reality, black queers are the ones who, uh, who have led and continue to lead these social justice movements. You know, when it comes to um, a lot of Black queers, or I'm not even gonna say a lot because I can't speak to everybody, but when it comes to a lot of Black people that I've seen, um, the goal is for us all to be mobilized. The goal is for us all to be able to eat. The goal is for all of us to be good. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of black queer folk who have started these social movements, the idea is for all of us, all of us who identify as black or part of the diaspora, all of us to be, you know, in equitable spaces um, and mobilized and good. So it, sadden, it saddens me when I see other black folk who try to discredit uh, black queers um, and try to shove us out of black spaces and tell us, um, you can be black, but you gotta leave that gay shit at the door because I can't separate my queer identity from my black identity. Um, to try to separate those would be like trying to separate sugar and salt. You know, they're both much, very much so a part of me and make up who I am as an individual. So, you know, in the future, I, I would love for black people to just educate yourself you don't understand what pansexuality means okay well then take the time to educate yourself on what it means instead of hating me um instead of trying to hurl so many hurtful insults my way try to educate yourself and understand that you know my goal is the same as your goal which is to provide um provide sense of equity not sense of equity true equity for black people um and also educate yourself on what queer means. All queer does not mean the same to everybody. You know, my queer journey is different from the next person's queer journey. And I recognize that so much now um, in my new workspace. So I once worked at an LGBTQ center. Now, like I said earlier, I work in a more conservative um, space where I'm able to provide education. And I try my hardest to integrate um, inclusivity in all that I do. Um, I want for any space that I enter for everyone to feel that they are safe enough to be them themselves, their full, complete selves um, when they're around me. So um, anytime I can provide some education, I do. And um, that includes gender, um, uh, an understanding of what gender is, an understanding of what sexuality is, and understanding that those two... <laughs> 
those two things are two different things and it bothers me so often that we we try to conflate the two like oh um since you gay this means this this and this because you're a woman or because you're trans identifying then this 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 and we really need to get out of um we have to separate these things gender identity gender expression sexual orientation uh romantic attraction it if we really took the time if we really took the time to educate ourselves you know there will be so much more acceptance love inclusivity we'll be able to truly um reach the mobilization that we want for each other for black people as a whole and that's just something i really hope and pray for others so you know while it's very much so hard being black queer woman in the south i pride myself in having these identities and i'm excited to be able to use my voice to speak for for myself to speak for those um, who give me permission to speak for and with them. And to just be a person who's here to educate. Because in a lot of spaces that I enter, you know, I'm the only. I'm the only black woman. I'm the only queer black woman. I'm the only queer. I'm the only, 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 only in so many spaces. So I take that um, as an opportunity to educate others. And it's not pretty, it's not, it's not fun half the goddamn time, but you know, I feel like that's a part of my duty in this life is to provide some sense of education to others about what it means to be black, queer, and um, femme identified. And um, you know, I was worried about how I was gonna make this shit stretch for more than 15 minutes. And here I am on like 30 some odd minutes. <laughs> um, so, this yeah this has been fun this has been really cool and um my queer journey is still at its beginning stages there's so much i can't wait to learn about myself and others um just having a better understanding of how i i show up in this world how i exist in this world and what i want to offer to this world um within my queer identity and um, some of the last things I'll kind of touch on is how how fucking hard it is to be dating out here. Bruh, it's hard as fuck. Let me tell you, dating as a black queer person is so fucking hard. And this is honestly just for me to vent real quick. This is how I'm going to end it. But it's just I got to vent, y'all. Because men still approach me, obviously, because, bitch, I'm cute. Who wouldn't? Men still approach me, but it's hard dating men because they don't understand what my queer identity means for them. And the it boils down to it don't mean shit for you me being attracted to women is not an invitation for a threesome like that's just what it is um but I like to be very upfront and honest when I'm getting to know somebody who's interested in me on a romantic or sexual basis I'm like hey I'm attracted to you but understand I also have attraction towards other people so just so you know what it is what you get yourself into and for a lot of men they see that as an invitation to a threesome and nigga no that's not what the fuck that means no like kill that it's not what that means um and then for women I find I attract a lot of lesbian women I have yet, unless, you know, somebody just hasn't shared that information with me, I have yet to um, be with another woman who identifies as pansexual or bisexual or just uses queer as their, you know, catch-all identity. I've only been um, able to attract lesbians for some reason. And I guess it's because there's an assumption that either I'm lesbian or that I'm bi-curious and they can turn me out. I don't know what the perception is when other women meet me in this world but I've only been attracting lesbians as of as of lately honestly the entire time I've only been attracting lesbians but 
it's just as hard trying to find a lesbian who doesn't confuse my queer identity with this notion that I'm going to go out here and cheat. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's funny and it's something a lot of queers talk about, but um if you're not strictly homosexual, then they they want you to kick rocks and I see it every day on Black Lesbian Twitter. You know, there's always these debates about if you bisexual, you confuse and I don't want your ass and I don't accept that and I don't agree with your identity. And every time I read shit like that, I'm just like, oh, ain't this about a bitch. You don't agree with my identity. You, a fellow queer, don't agree with my existence. Okay, sure. <laughs> That's stupid as hell. And it's it's funny because anytime I get on these dating apps and a lesbian slides in my DMs, because of course, you know, the bitch is bad. You, who wouldn't? But anytime a, a, another uh, a lesbian slides into my DM, she lets it be known. Like, I don't date bisexuals. I, don't, I, I only date other lesbians. And I let it be known up front. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not a lesbian. So what's up? And without fail, every girl who's ever told me she don't fuck with non-lesbians, they always end up fucking with the kid. You always end up fucking with the kid because we have to get out of this idea that if I'm not strictly heterosexual or not strictly homosexual, then that means this, this, and this. Like, y'all have got to let that shit go. Sexuality, gender expression, gender identity, all these things are so fluid and it's so nuanced and we have to allow ourselves the space to be educated on these things and allow ourselves to just be open to the idea that there's a lot of people who exist in this universe who aren't just like me and that's okay and we can both coexist and we can date each other and we can love each other and so many other things. I feel like I started off venting about dating, but it's, this is just going to be the moral of my story. Y'all asses need to just grow the fuck up and learn. <laughs> Educate yourself. Right? And I, I'm just so thankful, not only for this opportunity, but I'm so thankful that there is a podcast out there that um, touches on these types of um, topics and subjects and really talking about sexuality. Because again, you know, Black folk, we are a conservative people. It's interesting because uh, a lot of Black voters do vote more conservatively. And, you know, a lot of things that need to be discussed aren't discussed because, you know, we conservatives, we conservative ass people. So it's great to have these conversations about sexuality, um, queer identity, and all things sex positivity. I'm so excited that there is a podcast existing like that, um, targeting Black and people of color, but more so Black folk. Um, this is great. And I just look forward to all the many things that you're going to accomplish with this podcast and with your platform and, you know, keep being a goddess that you are and spreading all love. And yeah, thank you all so much for this opportunity. So I look forward to doing this again. Okay, y'all. Peace. All right, teasers. Thanks for tuning in to that episode. I hope that you all enjoyed it. And that you learn something or take something with you to start a new conversation about sex and sexuality with a friend, a family member, or a partner. Please make sure that you all follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Birds Bees Tees. That's our handle. 
at Birds, Bees, Tees on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And leave us a review. We appreciate your reviews. We appreciate your feedback. And we definitely take it into account to build more content and bring you more interesting, fun, and sexy topics on Birds, Bees, and Tees. So thank you all again. Like us, follow us, all that good stuff. Subscribe to us on the listening platform that you're using and tune in next week for an all new episode of birds bees and teas